Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program, game day for the Hoosiers as they host Penn State tonight. The opportunity for a little revenge. The Nittany Lions, 8-8. Eight and eight. They've got a 500 record overall. They're just 3-6 and six in Big Ten Conference play. And I think it goes without saying tonight, a game that Indiana has to win and get back on track after a Michigan loss on Sunday. But otherwise, I think a really good week uh, last week for the Hoosiers. And uh, IU can bounce back and prepare for a road game at Maryland with a big win over Penn State tonight. And um, it's really not in our uh, our discussion area. It's not in normal topics, but what in the world continues to go on with the University of Louisville? There are all sorts of reports locally and beyond that Chris Mack is uh, involved in discussions uh, to part ways with the University of Louisville. In fact, their Louisville Athletic Association Board of Trustees is scheduled to meet at 4 p.m. later today, and I think that we'll find out more as the day goes on. But it sounds like Mac is on his way out one way or another and that Louisville's going to finish the season with an interim head coach. At least that's the expectation. And so coming up here in just a few moments, before we get to anything revelant about tonight's game, had to grab Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports and have him to discuss this situation. Again, not IU-related, but it's just a crazy scenario, and he's going to join us coming up here in just a moment. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Lots of IU discussion coming up later in the show. I'll go go through the full lineup with you coming up here in just a bit. But we've got an opportunity, at least for a few minutes, to be joined by the great Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports to get caught up on what he knows about what continues to be a crazy situation in our area with Coach Mack and UofL. Uh, Rick, what what are you hearing and what do you expect that we learn as the day goes on or after the 4 p.m. meeting? Um, I mean, I pretty much agree with what everybody is saying is that the meeting is at four o'clock between the athletic board and the uh, board of trustees. And then it'll be announced the change in the direction of the global program. And Chris Mack will be leaving whether, I don't know how it's going to be. And I think we may have dropped uh, Rick Bozich. We'll see if we can reconnect with him. But uh, Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports, with us to start this Wednesday program. We'll go ahead and take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, 
segment one, we're going to have Rick back with us. I hope here in just a few moments later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join us. That's where we'll dig into this IU Penn State game coming up later tonight. Uh, and then also in the final segment, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we take a look at local sports headlines with Josh, presented by Major League Shirt Company, getting ready for the girls' basketball sectionals next week and another big weekend of regular season boys' high school basketball games. That's the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Rick, we lost you. I think we've got you back now, but you were giving what your right. thoughts are later today. Yeah, my thoughts are that uh, at the 4 o'clock meeting of the Athletic Board, the Board of Trustees, that they'll make the official announcement that afterwards they'll make the announcement that Chris Mack will no longer be the coach of Louisville basketball, that they've decided probably mutually to go in a different direction. I would expect that Mike Pegues, uh, the assistant coach who coached him for the first six games of the year, will finish out the season. Um, and at that, and then they will immediately begin looking for a, a permanent replacement. That's I would be surprised if it was anything but that. Rick, do you think any of this was spurred? Uh, this meeting today, this discussion, this exit was spurred by Coach Mack, or do we have any understanding of that just yet? Uh, my sense it was spurred in both directions. Um, you know, Matt, you've been around for a while, and you know what Louisville basketball uh, has been, and you know, aspires to be, and it hasn't been that way um, for several years for a variety of reasons. Uh, and this year, I think, if you've watched some of the games they've lost to some of the teams they've lost to, if you've lo- watched some of the uh, interactions between the players uh, and the coach and the players and the media, and if you've watched, most importantly, uh, the crowds at the KFCM Center, you got the sense of a program that was going the wrong direction and Louisville's a proud program and I think they are <laughs> moved decisively and try and fix that. We're talking with Rick Bozich of WDRB. Rick, in all the years that you've covered sports, first for the Courier Journal and now for many years, WDRB, you've been a part of all the big stories. You've broke a lot of the big news uh, when it comes to sports in our area. A, a interim president an interim athletic director. We all know that debacle a month and a half or two months ago, whatever it was now. And with this situation unfolding today, can you ever remember uh, a more topsy-turvy, crazy storyline than what UofL's produced this season? And maybe even a kind of a conglomerate if you put two, three, four different episodes together of what UofL athletics, basketball, coaching changes, administrative changes – have you ever seen anything like this as crazy as all this before in your time, your many years here? I guess what I would say is, I mean, yes and no. You know, every situation is different. But, yes, this has been going on now at Louisville for three or four years. Uh, we remember back uh, in 2017 when President Ramsey was being pushed out uh, as the president of the school and then Rick Pitino was fired along with, uh, Kenny William, uh, Kenny Johnson, I'm sorry. And then Jurich was pushed out a little bit after that. So this happened the last time. And then they brought Vince Tyre in first as an interim and then as a head time coach. And he's the one who, um, had to bring in Chris Mack and then he fired Scott Satterfield and I mean, fired Bobby Petrino and brought in Scott Satterfield. And I think that's, that's the most, um, appropriate 
um, you know, comparison is, yeah, I saw it. I saw it at UofL three or four years ago. Yeah, crazy stuff. Rick, you've been a veteran of this stuff for many years. I'm curious, what's a day or a couple days like this like for you? I know you're constantly working the phone and the text messages. You're uh, probably on campus looking for different things at times. How, how wild do these big news days get for someone like you covering this thing around the clock? gets wilder by the year because there's so much more instant communication. I've been involved. I remember when Coach and I got fired at Indiana. I mean, that was before Twitter and before social media and all that stuff. And so if you had something, you could hold on to it and report it in the paper the next day. There's no holding on to anything anymore because if you do, somebody else is going to report it and then it just moves on quickly to the next thing. Uh, and more people have voices, more people are reporting stuff. There's a lot more misinformation out there, um, and it's a 24-hour news cycle, but I think from the standpoint of somebody like me who's been in the business for a while, it's, it reminds you of why you're in the business because this is the, this is the fun part of it. When you're chasing a story and trying to figure out uh, what's going on and put all the pieces together. So to be honest with you, I was driving home, yesterday from out of town and I got about to the Oldham County border and my phone started getting text messages and I started getting calls uh, because my wife and I were listening to a, a news podcast <coughs> and then I immediately we got home and I worked the rest of the night just trying to you know figure out what was going on and and I got up this morning and went out to the campus and did a live shot and I'm going back out there in a few minutes so it's it's uh, it's run run run. Rick Bozich, WDRB. Our time today is limited because of how busy things are, but I'd be remiss if, as we let you go, I didn't switch gears and ask you to size up IU basketball after the week last week, a win over Purdue, a loss, kind of a bad way it unfolded to Michigan, uh, and Mike Woodson here in year one so far. Yeah, I mean, going into last week, I tweeted before the week started that they had an eight-game road losing streak. They had a nine-game losing streak to Purdue in an eight-game losing streak to Michigan. I think most Indiana fans uh, would have taken breaking two of the three, and that's what they did. I think, you know, they were surprised that the one that they didn't break was the Michigan game. But, you know, they won that game in Nebraska without playing great. They won that game against Purdue in an unusual way uh, with Trace Jackson Davis, you know, really not contributing a whole bunch, but Rob Finnessy and – I think we dropped Rick Bozich again. Rick, are you there? Yeah, we've lost Rick again. We'll let him go. Busy day for Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Always great stuff from him. And again, it's not IU. It's really not connected to anything that we cover regularly on this show, but it's in our local sports landscape. And so when you want to get to the bottom of something or get some insight on a big day, Rick Bozich is one of those go-to guys. So I appreciate the few minutes that we were able to get with him today. And uh, interesting stuff. We'll see how things unfold, but it definitely seems, I mean, I think we'd all be shocked if Chris Mack were to coach another game with Louisville. I think that's way past. And uh, we're going to move on to new things there. So interesting times. You put it all together, going back to the Katina Powell scandal, uh, the FBI uh, deal with Rick Pitino and, and other assistant coaches in college basketball, uh, and so many different things. Even more recently, Vince Tyree leaving. The next day, the president leaves. Obviously, uh, there was nothing known about that from Vince's perspective, and now uh, a new coach, or at least Coach Mack on his way out, an interim coach coming in. And 
that will dominate a lot of our local storylines here uh, once the season does come to a close. Louisville, a, a, you know, a powerhouse in college basketball. Um, who can they get? Who will they bring in? Bruce Pearl, an early name uh, on the board uh, from Auburn. Uh, there have been others as well. But will be fun to watch unfold, and I think for IU fans probably – uh, a feeling that uh, we've been through this and uh, have a coach and have a new direction. And uh, so I did see someone has sent me a couple really funny memes or whatever you call them on social media of Archie Miller uh, in front of the uh, Louisville podium saying he can rescue this basketball program. But uh, that's all in good gist, obviously. So, But welcome into our Wednesday program. Wanted to start with that. Again, coming up, Dustin Dopirak of the uh, Bloomington Herald Times joins as we take a look at IU Penn State tonight, coming up at 8.30 is the tip-off in that contest. And uh, we'll have pregame coverage here on the Big X beginning at uh, 7.30. So lots of uh, IU stuff coming up today here on the station. And uh, we'll also later in the program talk local sports. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with me. And as we get ready and head to break before uh, we're joined to preview this uh, IU Penn State game with Dustin, I want to mention that uh, we've got a little different plan this weekend. Saturday night we'll have the Jasper at New Albany game, which should be a really good high school basketball game. But Friday, we're going to step across to Louisville and bring you a rivalry game. First time that I will have ever called a Louisville high school basketball game on the radio. We've got Mail at Ballard, which is one of the great rivalries in Louisville basketball. And uh, Lloyd Gardner, the former coach at Fairdale, the director of the King of the Bluegrass Holiday Tournament, uh, he's going to join me for the call of that game. So really looking forward to something different. And uh, those teams have met uh, earlier at the LIT. It was a fantastic game with Mayo winning. So we look forward to what we think will be a great rivalry in our area, Mayo at Ballard coming up on Friday night here on the Big X. And then we'll flip back to our normal Southern Indiana coverage on Saturday with Jasper playing at New Albany. We'll head to a commercial break, come back, and get into our regular routine for Wednesdays. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join me as we preview IU and Penn State. You know, I hate to call things a must-win game at this point because there are lots of opportunities still ahead, but this, a Penn State team that Indiana played terrible against on the road, uh, this Penn State coming to Assembly Hall now where IU for the most part has been pretty good. IU's got to win this one tonight before they head on the road later in the week to Maryland. And I've been saying all week that this is a, a week Indiana needs to win both of these games. A little bit more on Maryland last night. I just took time to read, figure out a little bit more, but they're, they're not they're not that bad. That's going to be a, a, a difficult game for IU on the road. So we'll talk about Penn State tonight. Maybe a little Maryland coming up on the road as well with Dustin. And then local sports with Josh Cook still ahead. Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back here on this Wednesday program. IU Penn State tonight on the Big X, 8.30 tip-off, 7.30 pregame report with Don Fisher. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And right now, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times joins us to preview this game tonight. Um, Dustin, it's an IU team that needs a win after Sunday. And speaking of needing a win, Penn State has been on a little drought here the last few games. I think they've lost back-to-back and maybe three of their last four. So it's a Penn State team sliding as they come into Bloomington tonight. Yeah, I mean, they're playing uh, teams close, I think, um... Uh, they played Ohio State within five. I mean, Iowa beat them up pretty good at their place. They got Rutgers uh, at home. That was their last win. They managed to handle those guys pretty good. And that's, a, that's I think, an impressive win uh, for this Penn State program and where it's going. I mean, obviously, look, I went there. I mean, they, they, they don't win frequently. It's, it's a tough job. And Michael Shrewsbury being a first-year coach, I think, is doing a pretty, uh, a, a pretty good job. Obviously, he's a Jeffersonville native, Indianapolis, you know, cathedral graduate. I think he's done a pretty good job of, of getting that place right. Uh, but they are, you know, they're going to have some ups and downs. I mean, it's a, it's a team that's okay. They've got some nice pieces. John Harar, obviously, the, the veteran big man. Seth Lundy makes some shots for you. Uh, Jalen Pickett, I thought, was really good against Indiana the first time. Uh, so they're having ups and downs by virtue of just, they're, they're, they're a Penn State roster. They're just okay. Uh, but they can burn you, obviously, as, as Penn State saw. They, you know, uh, Shrewsbury, I think, does a really good job of drawing up plays. They've got enough shooters between Lundy, Pickett, uh, uh, Sam Sessoms, and Dredd. I mean, there's, those are enough guys who can hit some threes, and that uh, really worked out for them the first time. And Harar gives them enough muscle there that causes Trace Jackson Davis some problems. So, um, Obviously, they were able to get it done in state college, and they obviously come into Assembly Hall. It's a different ball game, um, but uh, I think Indiana is at least aware that they've got you know uh, uh, that, that they've got a game on their hands, basically, and that this is not going to be easy. Dustin Dopirak, Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Uh, Penn State just an okay three point shooting team. They hit eleven in the first meeting earlier this year between these two teams. Indiana's got to defend that. Got to find a way to stop that better tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think really where. Uh, um, Indiana got buried. There was a stretch, basically, I think, where they made seven straight shots uh, early in the second half. Really had some breakdowns as far as rotations, as far as uh, just uh, screen and roll stuff. I mean, they had kind of an option play, basically, where they kind of had a guy on the elbow uh, sitting there waiting for you know waiting for the ball, basically coming off a uh, pick and roll. And you know, Penn State or Indiana was sort of helping off some guys and just you know sort of running away from the shooters and trying to get to get the ball handled. They gave up some threes that way and just some other breakdowns. So Indiana's just obviously just got to get better about that. Obviously, I think uh, you know even Michael Shrewsbury said he said they'll they'll figure out you know when they watch on film what we did. Um, I'm not going to say anything about what it was, but they'll be able to figure out pretty easy. You know, and it, and it was pretty simple stuff. Uh, I think that they were able to get done. So I'm going to think just got to be smart about what happens when Penn State runs ball screens, but also just you know be prepared for something else. Be prepared for a, a wrinkle that's going to play off of that, um, because obviously Shrewsbury knows he can't do the same thing another time. Um, but yeah, there was just a stretch where Indiana had some real breakdowns. I mean, it was uh, it really I mean, it maybe made four or five minutes. Indiana was just a mess. Other than that, I mean, I think after that, Penn State only made one of its next 13 shots somewhere in that line. Um, but they, that, that became just sort of too big of a hole for Indiana to dig out of. So, yeah, no, exactly that. They just can't get burned on the three. Obviously, they got burned on the three against Michigan. So um, you know, it had some examples there. that they, They're a good three-point shooting defending team. They're better at, at taking away the two. 
Um, but they've got to get better than they were against Michigan. They've got to get better than they were against Penn State the first time. Dustin Dopirak, my guest. Uh, you know, one thing that stands out to me about tonight, we know we're not going to see a lineup change. That's one thing I was maybe looking out for in this ball game tonight, but Mike Woodson kind of uh, put the hush on that Monday night during his coaching show. But I think this team has to start uh, if they're going to make the tournament and put things together in the month of February in conference play. They've got to start with stop with the slow starts, uh, whether that's at the start of a ball game or whether that's coming out of the halftime break. That has been something fairly consistent that has really troubled this team in certain ball games, really many ball games this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and it is something that you know Mike Woodson said he's not looking to make the change now, but I mean he's you got to think he's got to consider it at some point. It's a tough deal. I mean, I I I've just put a lot into that this week writing about you know what moves he could make and you know why they would work and why they might not. Um, it's it's I think it's tough to to, to um, sort of conceptualize lineups with this group because at the end of the day you have two shooters. You have two guys that you can trust to shoot the basketball. Uh, obviously, you know, Xavier Johnson and Rob Tennessee can hit him from time to time if you're handing them threes. If you're saying, I'm doubling off you and I'm letting you take as long as you want to make the shot, they can burn you. But, you know, really they've got two guys that are dangerous in Parker Stewart and Miller Cobb, and those are not their best two-wing defenders at all. Um, so it, it makes for an interesting situation of, okay, you, you want to create, you want to force teams to play you honest. You want to be able to put two shooters out there. So you create, create some space for the big guys, create some driving lanes for Johnson, uh, allow that all kind of to work together. But it has, it, it's only been so effective, uh, you know, with those guys out as a group. I mean, Stewart obviously is shooting the ball really well. Um, but you know, you have some real trade-offs on the defensive end. Um, and you know, ultimately, it seems like the the defensive efficiency you get with a team that doesn't have a lot of shooters, you know, with a lineup you don't have a lot of shooters with, like a, you know, uh, Johnson Galloway fantasy backcourt. Um, you know, there's nobody there to spread the floor, but my God, those guys get after you, uh, and they get going in transition. You can get buckets that way. I mean, it's, it's just not easy to put together uh, something that easily makes sense uh, with this group because I mean, you have these. You know, an attack guy like Galloway off the bench, a guy who can really take people off the dribble in, in fantasy off the bench, but those guys obviously don't shoot it particularly well, and you've got to just go back and forth and decide what you want. But they do need to have better starts, um, and it, it might just be sliding one guy in, keeping a steward in or a cop in, and, and moving Galloway in there so you've got a better wing defender and you're not getting burned uh, You know, by uh, a Jaden Ivey or a Johnny Davis out of the gate. Um, that's it, it's it's tough decisions they've got to make, and there's not a lot of obvious answers with this group right now. Dustin, I've heard people say, "Hey, let's take it easy on IU for the lost Sunday, uh, three games in a week, one on the road, one the rivalry game to Purdue, and of course the game at home again on Sunday." That's a lot for these players to prepare for three teams and play three tough Big Ten conference games in a week. Uh, and then other people, you know, hey, these are college athletes that are in tip-top shape. Uh, is that really a concern? What What are your thoughts on that? I, I, it never, the fact of exhaustion or a tough week as far as three games and a certain number of days that never really crossed my mind as I thought about things in the schedule last night. But is that anything to factor in, or do you think that at this uh, time of the season, with the shape and age of these uh, student athletes, that's really not a non-factor? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, what I. Ultimately, what it tells you is this team is okay and it's not great uh, at the end of the day. I mean, a, a great team, a, a team of um, that, that was just beyond polished, beyond conditioned, uh, a team that was ready to win the whole thing, gets through 3-0. <laughs> and this isn't that team. 
uh, at this point. This is a very good team. It's good enough again to beat a Purdue team at home. Um, and, but you know, and but there was, I mean, between the physical exhaustion, but also just you know, it, I mean, the the emotional exhaustion. I mean, there there is something to be said about you know what it, it like. It, they did seem to be emotionally hungover after the win on Thursday. I mean, like when you get get a game in the middle of the week where you're beating a top five opponent, they rush the floor. There's all that euphoria. Like you don't, it does take a lot out of you. And then coming back, you know, for on Sunday, and I mean, it was a very good environment on Sunday, but it's not the same. I and mean, basically, when, when you're really building up to something like that game at, against Purdue, when kids are lining up at two o'clock, when you see that, when you take all that in, when you win a game like that, you know, like there, there is whether what, no matter how hard you want to fight it, there is some sense that while we arrived, we did it. While wow, this is awesome, this is amazing. Oh my God, I'll never experience anything like this in my whole life. This whole this whole floor is packed. There's all these people that are people I don't know are hugging me. Rob Finnessy's getting held up in the middle of everything, and and that does like just just stir a whole lot, a lot up in you. Uh, and then you got to go play another basketball game in a couple of days, and it's different. It's not the same, and it takes a lot of emotional maturity to get right after that. And they didn't. And I think a great, you know, a great team probably would have. Uh, and this is a pretty good team, and they weren't quite there. And so I, it, it is one of those things that, like, yes, it's worth mentioning. Yes, it's the total physical toll of three games. One of them being a road game out in Nebraska. Uh, the other one being a very emotional win against a top five opponent. Um, you know, th- that factors in. That does create an issue on Sunday, but but also. Michigan wasn't a great matchup for them. Michigan is playing a lot better uh, than they than, than they were. It's, this is a team that was top ten at the beginning of the year and is starting to look like it now that you're getting Caleb Houston knocking down shots the way that he was supposed to when the season started when he was a top fifteen guy. Um, you know, like you, you you can excuse it in the sense that like okay, this doesn't mean they're done. This doesn't mean that they're they're you know that that the Purdue win wasn't even real that they're going to crash and burn now or anything like that. But you know, a team that that had national championship sites can get through that this isn't a team that's at that level Dustin uh, I'm curious your your take on this and I'm probably as guilty as anybody of hyping games up as you know this is a must win game uh, but Indiana did lose to Penn State on the road a few weeks back uh, Indiana had a nice week last night but needs to rebound from a home loss to Michigan on Sunday I know mathematically none of these coming up here in the next week or so are must-win games for any Big Ten standing purpose or NCAA resume purpose. But given the that Penn State's not in the top tier of the conference, given that Indiana uh, is the favorite tonight, given that the game is at home, do you score this one uh, as serious enough as a must-win for IU if they're going to make the NCAA tournament with what's ahead on their schedule? I mean, in, in the sense that a January game can be. You know, I mean – if you lose it, you put yourself in a hole. You got to, you got to win something else. Um, I mean, I, I think they're probably in good enough shape that I, I think right now they're in good enough shape that they get in if they win all the ones that they're supposed to win, and this is one that they're supposed to win. Um, but now, if you lose this game, then you got to make up for it. I think. Um, I, I don't know that. Does is it enough? Is this one loss enough that that you you're out of mulligans? I don't know, but I mean, you you feel a little bit less comfortable uh, if you blow this one, and um, I, you know, must I don't I don't know. I mean, because you, you just you have a lot of time to make up for it. You have a lot of opportunity to make up for it. If you go beat it, you know, if if you lose to Penn State and then you go beat Illinois uh, at home, then you're not even talking about this game. You know, you forget about that real quick. But but I mean, I, I would say if you lose a game like Penn State, you need another scout. That's that's the thing that. Uh, you know, uh, it's probably not right to say something like that, like it that way. But you know, Zach and I were talking about it this week. Is that you need to go, 
you need to go get another big win. You, you, you probably need another big one. Um, this, you know, b- before to, to put together a final tournament resume, I think they, they might get in without one, but if you lose a game to a Penn state, if you lose on the road to a Northwestern, um, you know, again, just get beat by a team you shouldn't get beat by, then you probably do need to beat a Wisconsin or an Illinois or a Purdue again or a Michigan State or something like that. You could, you know, I, I think maybe they're in good shape right now that they um, can get in if they only win the games that they're supposed to win and lose all the ones they're supposed to lose. Um, but when you lose one you're supposed to win, then you then you better win when you're not supposed to win. That, that That's kind of where I'd say where, where they are at this point. All right, uh, Dustin, I don't want to take the attention off of tonight's game coming up against Penn State, uh, but I do want to mention Maryland because I had said probably errantly earlier in the week that this is a big week for IU, two games they should win, one at home, one on the road. But the more I look at Maryland and some of their recent games, they beat Rutgers last night, 68-60 the score in that contest, and of course beat, I think, Illinois when they were without Kofi Coburn the game before that, 81-65 at Maryland. Uh, This Maryland team, their record doesn't show it. Obviously, they had an odd situation, a coaching change midseason, and it's interesting to talk about that with what's going on at at UofL today. But uh, nonetheless, I think this is a Maryland team at home. It's going to be a lot tougher than maybe what I first mentioned or said on this show. Yeah, no, it's finding itself, Uh, definitely. I mean, it hasn't been – they haven't rolled up through everything, you know, seamlessly, obviously, you know, prior to these, you know, the Illinois win and the Rutgers win, they also got trounced at Michigan and handled it, you know, against Rutgers at home and needed double overtime on the road to beat Northwestern. But I mean, they gave Wisconsin a game, only lost that by a point. So they're dangerous. I mean, they're, they're a problem. Uh, and they've got some guys and we, you, you know, there were some, some veterans on that roster that are tough to deal with. Uh, Eric Ayala has been shooting the ball really well. And he's coming off, I think, uh, five threes against Rutgers. Fats Russell um, is a dangerous guy. I don't know if he's been as effective as they want him to be, but he's coming off 23 uh, against Rutgers. Hakeem Hart, Dante Scott. I mean, they got dudes. Uh, Kudis Wahab, I think the Georgetown transfer, if I'm not mistaken. They got some players, and going out there is tough. I don't think they've ever, I think Zach said this, I don't think they've ever won at Maryland, that, that, that Indiana has ever won at Maryland, uh, you know, especially since uh, Maryland's been in the Big Ten. So it's tough. It, it is a tougher-looking game right now than it was a week ago or than it was two weeks ago. That team's starting to round into shape. And, again, I mean, they've been through a lot. That is weird to go through a coaching transition in the middle of the year, uh, moving guys up, I'm sure, figuring out the vision of labor. Danny Manning is not expected to be a head coach this year. Um, and so everybody is sort of falling, you know, basically falling in line in terms of, of where they are. I know uh, I used to cover Matt Brady when he was at James Madison. He's one of their top assistants. And so he's obviously had to figure out, okay, who he is in this whole thing. Um, I think he imagined he was probably going to be the head coach if this a situation like this happened. So all of them have to kind of figure out where they are, what their roles are, what has to get right for them to be functional. Um, and this can be, I think, a fringe, you know, if it gets going, uh, it's a team that can slide in. Um, barely into the tournament. I think there's enough talent there for, for you know, that group. If you look at that starting five, it, it is talented. It's got some guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely a game they cannot sleep on. They, they're really going to have to get up for that one. So you, they could use some momentum. To, you know, they, they could use Penn State as a get-right game uh, and go out to Maryland feeling better about themselves. And, and you know, but they're, they're going to need to do a lot right to win that basketball game, especially need to defend. All right, Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. I want to talk a couple recruiting topics with you, Dustin, before we close out. Jalen Hood Shafino did not make the McDonald's All American uh, rosters that were announced yesterday. There were two other players 
from his uh, team in Florida that uh, were on the list. Any surprise there? A little, but I mean, you know, I mean, they they end up being pretty close with the rankings, I think. And, you know, he's what, 21, 22, 24, 7. Um, So I'm not shocked. I mean, he's on the fringe. um, And, you know, I'm sure they also don't want it to be just, you know, Montvert Academy versus IMG Academy versus Oak Hill and that be the whole thing. You know, uh, they, they obviously want to get some out, some, some guys outside of that. You know, you know, those teams are so loaded at this point and they're, they're becoming a bigger and bigger deal. Um, you know, all the mirrors of the world, the everything. I mean, I think they, they want to make sure that it's not just them. Um, and, you know, sort of moving outside of that too. So I imagine that had something to do with it. Uh, you know, it's close. I mean, I don't know what he's averaging in Montverde. I mean, I'm sure, you know, his numbers are not what they would be if, if he was at, you know, a high school where he was the guy. Um, you know, he's, he's got to distribute the basketball and, and, and keep a lot of guys happy and, and everything like that. So that's not easy. That's a tough job he's got. And I imagine that made it a little bit more difficult for him to get on, get on there. And then again, he's, he, he's right there. I mean, and I think if you're Indiana, I mean, you look at it and say, well, you know, Huchifino is probably the closest thing to an all American, uh, in this class for the big 10 right now. So, you know, you still feel pretty good about what you got, you know, nobody, in, in, no recruit in the league is going. Um, and I saw a lot of people sort of asking you know what that means for the big 10 and i think that's an overwrought argument because it's 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 not that big of a group of guys it's not like oh well if nobody got a mcdonald's all-american like what are we even doing here what's wrong with the big 10 it's like okay well they got a guy in the top 25 i mean that's not you know the worst thing in the world and then the big 10 is usually pretty good at um developing players over their time as a league uh you know they, they turn in a lot of three four-year guys into really good nba players so it's not like the big 10 is you know falling apart or anything like that but um so a little bit of a surprise there but i, I don't think a total shock again he was sort of right on the edge all right uh, final question for you myro little who was at the uh, purdue game last week and got a chance to experience that unbelievable environment that assembly hall can so often offer um, lots of reports, uh, lots of interviews with his his family, his mother specifically, uh, that he really, really enjoyed his time on the IU campus. Of course, the Purdue game, the environment, and uh, conversations with Mike Woodson and the staff as well. IU has really prioritized him going over to Finland twice. Um, he, he may not make a decision until, uh, I've seen reports, until his uh, season is over with his club team there in Finland, which depending on their success could be as late as sometime in April in the spring. But uh, I I get a good feeling just based on what I'm reading and based on the obvious that, you know, Bloomington was rocking and Assembly Hall was so very special on that win over rival Purdue. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens as his recruiting comes to a close over the next few months. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously there's there's some other really good programs uh, on that list, I mean, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, who, I mean, I think, I mean, he went to go see Baylor this week too, right? I mean, yeah, and you know, Villanova that's too. That's tough the way those guys are. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, those are just a couple phenomenal programs, obviously, and, and, and you're seeing something different um, there. And, and obviously, you're not seeing the same type of um, fan reaction, especially at Baylor. I mean, they, they, you know, they have one of the, you know, the defending national champion and one of the best teams in the country, and they still don't seem to be totally invested that as far as the fan base is concerned, but obviously it is a great team and he would know that he would be playing for a great team. Uh, Villanova the same way, obviously they're just a a professional outfit over there. Um, But in Indiana obviously showed out in as as well as it possibly could. I mean, he saw something in Indiana that he certainly didn't see uh, in the other two places, just what, how much the fan base cares. I know they care in Villanova too, but you know, Philadelphia matters, but 
all the same, that's that's a different level of just being in the middle of that and, and, and seeing that whole crowd come down around you. And he's, you know, he and Cups were right in the middle of it, and those guys were sitting next to each other. Obviously, uh, you know, the one piece there is those two guys would have to figure out a way to play with each other if they were to both come uh, to Indiana. But um, it, it, it it obviously puts them in good shape. It, it's, I think, tough when you see something like that and you're around something like that and, and, and you, you feel a fan base and how much it cares and just the passion uh, with the program, the passion of the, you know, of the state, how much it matters there. Um, it's got to be just different than anything he's ever seen before. And to be in the middle of it, that, that obviously showed, uh, you know, well for Indiana. Again, tough, tough competition they've got for him. Um, but you got to feel, you know, it, it, you have to feel like you put your best foot forward if you're Indiana. If this happened on, you know, if, like, if, if you got them here to beat Purdue and get, get a win like that, get an experience like that, get an environment like that, uh, there is nothing better that Indiana could have done. Basically, if, if, if Indiana does not get Myro Little, uh, it's got to look back and say, look, there was just nothing we could have done. You know, we, we got every break that we could get. We put every investment that we could get. You know, like we're not winning on the level that those other programs are winning right now, but we showed him any, everything that Indiana could possibly be uh, for him. And you got every break in that regard that you could. And if, if basically they just got to feel like if, they're, if they don't get Myra Little, then it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Dustin Dopierak, Bloomington Herald Times, with us always on Wednesdays for the latest this time of year with, with IU basketball. Uh, Dustin, we'll look forward to your coverage of the game tonight. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. And uh, as we get ready and go to break, don't forget, uh, obviously we know the result a few weeks back, Penn State, 11 three-pointers, Indiana, a bad road loss. But don't forget last year, uh, at Assembly Hall, it was big shot Rob Finnessy uh, who had a jump shot with 13 seconds left, and then IU followed up his shot with a big defensive stop as IU was very fortunate to win 87-85 overtime over Penn State uh, when the two teams last met in Bloomington. So uh, there have been some good battles between Penn State and IU here in recent uh, meetups and I tell you what, the game uh, on the road at Penn State, not a good battle for IU the way they played that day. We'll head to a commercial break, come back and switch gears to local sports. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, joins Silver Creek Girls. They're the big favorite here in the area in the Girls Basketball State Tournament, which begins next week. But they actually took a loss last night, just their second of the regular season. We'll tell you about that. We'll preview this weekend's high school basketball games and more. That segment presented by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here. Final segment on this Wednesday program is brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. Josh, you know we're going to talk local sports, and there's plenty to get to. 
But before we do, with all of the uh, movement uh, with Chris Mack and a meeting today, uh, it looks like he's on his way out of the U of L men's basketball job. Do you want to uh, be one of the first to take a stab at uh, potential uh, names that we could hear in the coming weeks and months that could replace him at U of L? Uh, how about Jim Shannon or Brandon Hoffman or uh, the, pay, I mean, the Brandon the, Hoffman? Brandon the, Hoffman's got some titles, so you might you might look at him. The, the pay would sure be a little different for those guys. No, there's no question about that. That's right. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm just uh, you know it, it's it's just amazing how quickly he's kind of lost the team and the fan base and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, as far as replacements go, I know Bruce Pearl's a hot name. I'm sure uh, you know Chad Gilbert would love to see that, but I don't I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, long connection between uh, Chad and and Bruce uh, from uh, Chad Gilbert's USI days, which it's you know crazy enough to think. Bruce Pearl really got things rolling in his basketball career in southern Indiana, not far from the University of Louisville. Uh, so he knows this area well and has a lot of connections here. And, boy, wouldn't that be something. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, busy day ahead. Going to be interesting to watch all that unfold uh, at the University of Louisville. We need to talk some local sports, Josh, because there's plenty to get to. And I think the headline today is Silver Creek, the girls, uh, they're – the local team that I think has the best chance to make some real noise in the upcoming tournament, but they actually lost last night on the road against a very good Columbus East team. And it's only the second loss for the Silver Creek team, the entire regular season. Yeah. Which, which is really amazing. If you ask me to, to lose three players like they did and, and two of them are playing, you know, college basketball now, uh, lost, three starters to graduation and they're they're 20 and two the very next year you know that's just amazing to me so you know kudos got shane and those girls but yeah you know columbus east really good team it was real conference uh you know they won the hhc they beat bedford and everybody else so uh just you know it was a, it was a good good game a good warm-up i guess for for both these teams going in the state tournament uh but yeah speak silver creek definitely has uh would, would be uh you know my pick for for the team that would probably last the longest in our area, but man, that sectional is just packed. I tell you what, that's a that's a really good sectional. So it's going to be tough for them, but uh, you know, I, I really, I, I firmly think they can do it. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, and Charlestown against uh, Corden is Corden Central the first game of the tournament, and you know, Corden Central's eighteen and two, and Charlestown is seventeen and five, and uh, Charlestown's won seven in a row, and you know, won at Seymour last night. And, uh, it's, that's good. that's going to be a whale of a sectional at, uh, at North Harrison. It's, it's, I'm excited about that one. I don't think there's any question, though, of, of the local sectionals, 1A through 4A. The 3A at North Harrison, night in and night out, will be the best games, including that Tuesday night, the very first night of action there. Uh, some really good games that could decide how that thing turns out later in the week. Yeah, and then the winner of that game gets Salem. You know, Salem was was a sectional champ uh, for those couple of years there before Silver Creek won it last year. So, I mean, it is, it is uh, stacked and packed up there, that's for sure. Josh, let's talk boys basketball. Lots of games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, is there a hotter team on the boys' side than Floyd Central? Uh, they had a big win over Jennings County, who people need to understand. They are solid. They are good in Hoosier Hills Conference action this year, and I think – on any given night could be a spoiler in Seymour when we get to March. But is there a better club on the boys' side than Todd Sturgeon's group right now? No, definitely not. Not 
not right now. I mean, they're the cream of the crop at this point. Real impressive, uh, you know, so far what they what they've been able to do. Uh, yeah, Jennings County's Jennings County's solid. They're they're good. So that's that's another good win for them. Um, you know, they got another they got a tough one Friday night at Seymour, and you know if they can win that one, it's uh, you know it's another feather in their cap toward the toward the conference title. So. You know, and then they got rights on Saturday night. I know too. So that it's a it's another big weekend for Floyd. But you know they've they've proven that uh, you know they they're they're going to be a tough team to to contend with all season. Um, obviously, you know nobody's going to be going to be bigger than them. Uh, any of their opponents. So you know it's always going to be something they've got uh, on their side. But you know the the uh, the only concern my concern was the point guard situation. But I think they've got. They've uh, they've handled that pretty well too. I know they've got uh, Poats, and then they've got uh, Tevi Ali's really giving them boost off the bench too. So, you know, those those two guys have really helped them out uh, uh, this season. And you know, ten and two. I mean, that's a that's a great record so far. All right, uh, Major League Shirt Company. They bring you this segment each week. If you're looking to raise money uh, for your team or event, let Major League Shirt Company's online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the sorting. All you've got to do is cash the check. Find out more about this fundraising program at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. Josh, you touched on a few of them, but best games this weekend in high school basketball here locally. Yeah, there's there's a bunch uh there's a bunch of good games on Friday night and Saturday night both, but um, you know, the Floyd to Timor is intriguing and then another HHC game is Bedford at Jeff. You know, Jeff's still trying to get get things going and, and this could be kind of a get right game for them against Bedford. Uh, you know, maybe they can Jeff could get a little momentum going here toward the second half of the season. Um, you know, we'll see if We'll see if that happens, but this, this could be one of those games that kind of gets them going after they beat Columbus East last week. Um, and then some other ones. Orleans is a top ten team, and they play at uh, Borden, which just won the uh, Southern Athletic Conference last week. So I think that's a really good game on Friday night. And then, you know, there's there's you also got Madison at Silver Creek, you know, which has been a good 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 game the last couple of years, and this time it's at Silver Creek, and then. Uh, you know, I'm also intrigued by Providence at Christian Academy on Friday night too. Christian Academy's uh, had some recent bumps, and then Providence just lost at Rock Creek the other night for the first time. So, um, interested to see how that one goes for for uh, for both those teams. Uh, Saturday night, you know, Jasper uh, is at New Albany. That'll be a good game. And then the old Bloomington South at Silver Creek. That one's uh, that one's been a whale of a series the last couple of years. Obviously, some of the some of the names have changed. It doesn't have the uh, uh, Anthony Leo or uh, Trey Kaufman are in or Cooper Jacoby. Those guys aren't playing, but you know it's still been a still been a really good matchup over the years. And, and uh, Rights at Floyd also, it'll be a good game Saturday night. Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We're doing the Jasper at New Albany game on Saturday. I think that one will be a really good game. Jasper is physical and good this season. Uh, I think back to last Saturday night, boy, that New Albany rights game at the doghouse was one of the best that I've seen in a while. A, a double overtime thriller, lots of big shots and big, even defensive plays down the stretch. It, it was just a classic high school game. Yeah, Jasper's eleven and three. I mean, Jasper's really good, but heck, the Bulldogs, man, they're they're coming on. Whether they've won five of six, I think. So, you know, they are. Uh, 
they seem to be getting it going, and uh, you know this is a good time to this is a good time for that to happen. Yeah, that'll be. A, I know they play on the road Friday night at Evansville North, and then they turn around and host Jasper on Saturday. So it'll be a big weekend for the dogs, that's for sure. Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Josh, thanks for all the info. Busy week next week. Girls tournament is here. We'll talk with you then. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Uh, IU Penn State tonight. Pre-game with Don Fisher begins at 7.30. Tip-off here on the Big X. Your home for the Hoosiers is 8.30. And I'll be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. to talk about it all. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.